Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. Go on, then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place for just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Skystream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term requires broadband. Further terms apply. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing. Well, it is opening weekend of the new season of the Champions Cup. On Sunday in France, it's a repeat of last year's final La Rochelle against Leinster at 3.15. Tomorrow, Saturday, Munster are at home to Bayonne with a 5.30 kickoff. Before that, Ulster play Bath at the Rec at 3.15. And tonight, Friday night, Connacht are at home to Bordeaux Begley at the sports ground at 8 o'clock. The teams are in. Rory O'Connor and Keane Tracy are here. Lads, we'll start with Leinster. There's been... Just a little bit of talk and debate this week about who started out half for Leinster against La Rochelle. Uh, the verdict is in. It is Harry Byrne at 10 in his first Champions Cup start. Kieran Frawley is on the bench. Rory, this selection makes sense of last weekend's selection and why Harry started against Connacht. But do you agree with this call? No, no. I, I, I didn't agree with Kieran Frawley not starting last week. And I, I, I guess now... Ah. Once they made that decision, I understand why they've gone with him again. But I thought once Kieran Frawley played so well against Munster, he should have been backed in the role. And I just don't understand how Leinster can't see what the rest of us seem to be able to see in terms of Kieran Frawley's ability to play ten. And, and look, Harry Byrne on paper, and you know when you talk to people around them, you know he has huge pedigree. But like we've never, we're going to see it on Sunday. You know this is this is almost it for Harry Byrne. You know, like he was supposed to start the Champions Cup game two seasons ago against Montpellier. Maybe it was three seasons ago, but he, he pulled up in the warm-up. He was involved off the bench in a couple of games last year, but largely those games were won. He wasn't in the 23 for the final. He was on the bench. Sorry, he started the games against the Sharks and Munster in the URC knockouts. The main thing I remember, and this may be very unfair to him, but the main thing I remember from those games was him getting run over by Jack Crowley in the end game of the Munster game. So um, while I... like. Andy Farrell rated uh, Harry Byrne good, well enough to bring him into the Six Nations squad and as early as, you know, before he was even getting really many minutes for Leinster. He brought him to New Zealand. Injury has played a huge role in limiting his involvement. What I know a lot more about Kieran Foddy because I've seen him play a lot more in bigger games. Um, he must be some something else in training. Like, he must be doing incredible stuff because, like... This is not, this may sound very unfair on Harry Byrne. We just haven't seen the evidence uh, from him playing games in front of us. I think he's a lovely passer of the ball. His kicking game is lovely, but to put it all together away to La Rochelle is a bit is a big ask. And a pack without Tyg Furlong now as well. A couple of interesting selections there. This is an incredible moment in his career. I think you know you don't want to put pile too much pressure on him, but 
he's got his brother obviously is out till after Christmas, but is is the the number one ten. And then he have Frawley on the bench, who's been playing very well. Um, they all have Ireland ambitions. They all want to be playing Six Nations. You know, Harry Burns already in Ireland international. He's played a couple of, of of games off the bench for Ireland as well. So it's a it's a pivotal moment in his career, really. You know, and it's a difficult place to go. Leinster have been there before, but never with the crowd. Um, against you know the the two the three in a row chasing champions. What a, like what a moment in his career and what a story for him to make his Champions Cup first Champions Cup start there at the age of twenty four. It's um. It's a like it's not the selection I would have gone with, but I'm fascinated to see how he how he fares, how he copes in the in that kind of cauldron. Yeah, it is going to be a huge game for him, Keen. But on the flip side, are we in the media and everybody else on the outside watching in almost putting too much weight on Frawley's performance and that great performance against Munster? Because you know there does seem to be something missing there between what we're seeing on the outside and between obviously what the Leinster coaches are seeing on the inside from training. Yeah, possibly like Rudd has kind of made a good point there that we don't see what goes on um, at training, you know, and maybe he's shooting the lights out at training. Um, I suppose like my sort of colour was, my, or my thinking around this was probably coloured by the fact that I had heard earlier this week that they were going to go with Harry Byrne at yeah. 10. And like I wrote after the, the Munster match that I felt like this was an ideal opportunity for Leinster to give Harry Byrne the start in Connacht last weekend and then if he went or sorry Kieran Frawley the start in Connacht last weekend and if he went well there again then he'd be a certainty to start in La Rochelle clearly Leinster had other ideas and like to your question Sinead are we putting too much stock in that performance I think the reason we did put so much stock into it was the fact that it was on such a big stage at the Aviva Stadium in front of a huge crowd. He came off the bench really early on and played with what was the full Leinster team. Like, that's why I think we put so much stock in it. And played well, played so well. Sorry, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. I yeah, played well. And like, I, I, like, we spoke about this, the three of us in the immediate aftermath of the match. Like, he put lovely shape on the attack and just went really well, slotted in seamlessly. Um, but Leinster, yeah, see it differently. And like, I didn't think Harry Byrne played badly by any means last weekend. Um, Kieran Frawley went to fullback, just wasn't involved as much as he usually is. Obviously, he came up with the match winning try. But like, Leinster have been really rusty this season. And maybe this is something, a point that we can get onto. Like, I was really surprised that Leinster didn't play more of their front liners uh, last weekend in Connacht. Obviously, they've only had one hit out this season, not allowing for the World Cup, which was in a different colour jersey, obviously. But, like, Leinster were really rusty, I thought, in that Munster performance. And I was really surprised that Leo Cullen didn't name more of the the sort of the first choice team in Galway last weekend leading into what is a massive test this weekend. So you would hope that history isn't repeating itself in terms of Leinster, you know, lot learning lessons from last season playing a weakened team against Munster leading into a big game against La Rochelle. I know it's very different now. It's not a final, it's a pool game. There is plenty of wiggle room. But I didn't think Harry Byrne's performance last weekend was the kind of performance where he must start this weekend. But look, I was having a look through it when, as I said, when I got word uh, earlier this week and I was looking back on the games that he has played. And like Rod mentioned, he has played a good few Champions Cup games off the bench. So I guess Lentz would argue that they've put a lot of work into Harry Byrne to be ready to step up to a stage like this. And like as Rod touched on again, like it's a massive opportunity for him. The biggest game of his career. He's never started a Champions Cup game. But on the flip side, you can imagine like Ronan O'Gara and the La Rochelle coaches are going to be 
devising a game plan, particularly around the likes of Will Skelton, Jonathan Daunty, uh, Winnie Antonio, just absolutely running down Harry Burns' 10 channel because I think that is one area of the... Well, there's a couple of areas of the game where I think Kieran Frawley is is a better player than Harry Byrne and that's not to diminish the skills that Harry Byrne has but there's no doubt that Kieran Frawley is a better defender. He's a bigger guy. He gets up off the line hard and I thought that that would have made a lot of sense for a game like this. I mean, you can see that Leinster have clearly tweaked their team um, in the back row to, to combat what's lying ahead here this weekend because they've gone with Will Connors, who is a bit of a left field call. Again, like I had heard heard that they were going to go yeah. this way. I found it hard to hard to believe. Not hard to believe. Like I, I understand the logic, but the drop last year's player of the year for a guy, Will Connors, only play, started, sorry, started one game this season is a big, big selection call uh, from Leinster. But you look at the strengths that Will Connors brings, he's probably the best chop tackler in the country. Unbelievable at what he does. And like I mentioned, all those big guys in the La Rochelle pack, um, it's a very interesting decision. And I wonder if... This, if how much of a say Jack Nienarber possibly had in this. I know he's only got his foot in the door, but is this maybe a Nienarber call thinking that Will Connors could be uh, a horses for courses selection? So I think that's very interesting too. But you think, Rory, about that call? Yeah, it is a big call. It, it is, and it's it's like, it's quite surprising. I mean, he's only started one game this season, Will Connors, and that was away to the Dragons. You know, he didn't play in between then and the game against Connacht when he came off the bench. I think he's a really good player. I'd, I'd heard he'd had a great preseason. Um, I was surprised he hadn't been involved more for Leinster. I think there's a, fa- a secondary factor is the fact that it's a six-day turnaround to sale at, at the RDS next weekend. So you have that squad. Why not use it? You know, uh, you know, Josh van der Fleer will be a very good bench impact player. And, and if we look at the way Jack Nienaber picked his benches, he and, he and Razzy Erasmus with spring boxes, they often had some of their best players coming on into the fray just when the game needed to be won. <clears throat> and, you know, you look at the fact, again, that they've got Ben Murphy on the bench, you've got Tom Clarkson on the bench, maybe a little bit less experience. Maybe having that experience is something they're trying to weigh into their bench so that they're almost finishing as strongly as they started. And But, you know, it, with Leo Cullen will be speaking to us in, in just a, over an hour. I'm, I'm sure Connor's attributes, which you know, we, we should all remember, you know, got him into the Ireland team ahead of Van der Fleer for a little while back in twenty in lockdown. He's never played for Ireland in front of a crowd, um, which is I, I really hope he does get another cap at some stage because that's an awful thing for a player to to have to you know their entire international career go, takes place in a in empty stadiums. But like he was good enough then, and, and look, he, he showed I think when when he was trusted by Ireland, he has more skills than just his tackling. He's a very rounded player. He's a quite a rounded individual, um, a very likable fella. As is Van der Fleer. Like there's two great options to have. You know, Scott Penny misses out. He's been pretty good this season so far. So um, it's like it's tough on you know it's it's tough for Leo Cullen, Jack Nienaber, and, and and the rest of them every week at Leinster because they've got really good options to choose from. Getting it right is the key, and using the bench as well. I was frustrated in the Munster game that they they didn't use their entire bench as a weapon. They almost used it um, counteracting what Munster were doing. I'd like to see them use them more. But look, this is a it's a big test for Leinster with that starting team. I mean. You know, Al Alatoa, who got sent off in the final last year, has struggled against the elite European teams in the scrum. And Clarkson is vastly inexperienced, although, you know, a very good player and has, you know, I was impressed with him against the Scarlets a couple of weeks ago. But when you're going up against that type five that, that La Rochelle have and their bench is very strong as well, Leinster are still one point favourites. You know, they've been favourites all four times that they've played La Rochelle and they've yet to beat them. And I, 
I can't. I, I don't see that that team doing it over there. I, I really don't. The bench is okay. interesting, is it? Isn't it the fact that they haven't gone for a six-two? I mean, they've gone with a six-two split on the bench loads of times this season, and it certainly felt like you know they were preparing for a game like La Rochelle, and then all of a sudden they're gone back to the the more conventional five-three. Just as as I say, Jacques Nienarber is in the door, you'd expect him to go the other way. But I'm a bit surprised by that as well. I thought they would go for the the extra forward to combat what La Rochelle have. So um, that's interesting as well. Look, obviously you're going to get a lot from the likes of Charlie Natalie, who's probably a little bit unlucky not to start, I would say. Very, yeah. Um, yeah, he's been playing really well. They're putting a lot of stock in, in Henshaw, who, look, is a class player, but he's just been so hampered by injuries over the last while. But like a guy like Jason Jenkins, I mean, he had such a brilliant start to his Leinster career uh, when he came in at the start last season. But he also, I think it was a bad hamstring injury, didn't he have around this time? last year so it's a big game I think for him as well like Joe McCarthy has slowly not really slowly he's done it in a big way like really overtaking him um, in the pecking order it's a big game for Joe McCarthy as well I mean going up against Will Skelton I think in the past we've always kind of framed it as uh, James Ryan and Will Skelton James Ryan and Mario Toje but Joe McCarthy has come in now as that big tight head lock and he's been playing really well um, all season I think the key for him going away to a place like this is to keep his discipline in check. I would imagine the La Rochelle players are going to be trying to get under his skin at every available opportunity. And we've seen he does have a, a bit of a temper. He can give away silly penalties, but he has clearly worked hard at that area of the game. But even I think it was in the Dragons game um, earlier this season, another couple of sloppy ones. So Leinster can't afford uh, to do anything like that. But I'm fascinated to see how Joe McCarthy goes up against uh, Will Skelton. It's a fascinating matchup. Just quickly, yeah, the, you know, you look at the, the, the lack of the 6-2. It means there's no place for Jack Conan. Um, which is another big name is left out. Max Deegan could play a, could have played a role. Ross Maloney's been a big player for Leinster in Europe the last couple of seasons. Like they have left big players out, and James Lowe is is working his way back after getting some time off after the World Cup as well. So they're down a couple of of fairly um, important bodies. You know who who you know some of them through selection, some of them through their absences. Um, I don't think it's as strong a Leinster 23 as I, I would have expected, to be honest, going going into this game. And I think it's, it swings the balance into La Rochelle, who've gone very strong. Okay, uh, let's quickly move on. Uh, Munster against Bayon. Uh, we'll get at your predictions at the end of the podcast, lads. Uh, but Munster against Bayon, 5.30 tomorrow, Saturday, Thoman Park. <coughs> the Munster team has been named and uh, it made for some quite interesting reading. Obviously, we knew that Peter Mahoney, Jean Klein were going to be out. Ty Byrne captains the team from the second row. No Dermot Barron in the team. Scott Buckley starts at hooker. Uh, Fanine Witcherly is also in there with Byrne in the second row. Edwin Adogbo has been ruled out. No Anton Frisch in the centre. Uh, I, I don't understand why. Um, Alex Nankaville, Rory Scannell um, is in there as well. That's what do you make of that team selection? Surprising. Um, I wasn't expecting when we saw the Munster injury update earlier this week. Um, not a lot of these guys were mentioned on it, unless obviously they picked up knocks in training, which is very possible. But I mean, you've Edwin Adogbo is out, Dermot Barron is out, Shane Daly is out, Ollie Yeager, who I'd imagine was probably penciled in to possibly start this game, has been ruled out according to the Munster press release. But like you said, Sinead, there's no mention of um, why Antoine Frisch isn't involved. Like That's a very surprising uh, one to me. Obviously, you can explain the the other ones that, by the fact that they're injured, but like Frisch and Nankavell had been going really well. And all of a sudden you're looking at that Munster backline and 
not like you know not a lot of combinations who have played together I would say this season even like Connor Murray has come in for Craig Casey which is a bit of a surprise as well I thought Casey has been had a really strong start to the season his partnership with Jack Crowley has been a real I think highlight of Munster's season so far look I mean you know like Connor Murray's vast experience he's not necessarily going to weaken the team but I would have expected Craig Casey to start just by the way Munster have been going this season but yeah like you've got a back three of Calvin Nash Shane McCarthy and Sean O'Brien I mean, Calvin Nash has played most of his rugby on the wing. So, like, he's going to face a, a big test, I think, at fullback. Um, Bayon, I'm pretty sure, like, kicked the ball a hell of a lot from the bits I've seen. I think they actually kicked the ball more than any side in the top 14. So, Calvin Nash can expect, I think, a lot of aerial bombardment in the backfield, as can Shea McCarthy and Sean O'Brien on either wing. And then when you look up front, yeah, I mean, I think Dermot Barron is a big loss. He's like he's been captain in the side over the last few weeks. He's become a really important player. Uh, mm-hmm. So you've got Scott Buckley stepping in, and then Owen Clark is on the bench, who only just came in in the last few weeks uh, when Jersey went went under. So um, he's already had a spell at the club, so he'll be hoping to make an impact. Um, I'm glad they kept Tom Hearn at six I have to say I would imagine there might have been a temptation to move him back into the second row with Orgy Snyman Jean Klein Edwin Adogbo all ruled out injured but I think it makes more sense and it gives a better balance to the team by bringing a guy like Finine Witcherly who I think has a bit of a point to prove as well. I think he's been a little bit off the boil um, in the last few kind of games that he's had. And he's looking at a guy like Tom O'Hearn now and all the, the plaudits he's getting. So it's a big game for, for Finney and Witchley, but like Tom O'Hearn has been playing brilliantly at six. And I think it's a position that really suits him. And like you mentioned, Sinead, Ty Byrne captains the, the side. Now you'd imagine if Dierma Barron was fit, he probably would be, but Again, I wrote about this when Peter O'Mahony kind of shocked everyone by saying he was going to step down, that I felt like Ty Byrne was a ready-made replacement, really, as a monster captain. I've been a bit surprised that um, he Dermot Byrne has been preferred to him. But again, it's like the the Harry Byrne one in training and stuff. We don't see what goes on behind the scenes in terms of team meetings, how vocal guys are. But I think Ty Byrne would be a great captain. We three of us would know from speaking to him, over the years, whether it's with Ireland, Munster, the Scarlet, he's a great talker, really calm head. He's one of the first names on the team sheet uh, for Munster and Ireland, you'd have to say. So uh, a big game for him as well. Uh, he has captain Munster in the past, but um, if he can go well here, like it would certainly, I think, add to his um, claims of getting it on a permanent basis. Oi. Yeah, uh, sorry, I've used the entirety of Keane's very long answer there to try and find the Bayon team, which is hidden deep in the internet. They haven't announced themselves they haven't, um, they don't seem to put it on any of their social media teams, but it is on the EPCR website. So I have found that, like, uh, the Munster team's fascinating, as Keane said. Um, it does look like, you know, Bayonne beat Montpellier last weekend. They've made a fair few changes. Maxime Machino is playing at nine. There's mm-hmm. a bit of experience there. Um, but that a helps of me out, Rod, for the star man for tomorrow, Maxime Machino. Oh, there you go. That's the main thing, <laughs> Keane. That's, they're looking out, looking out for you. I mean, I think we all, I think, you know, it's their first, this is their European debut, but sorry, their, their Champions Cup debut. They've, um, you know, they've no real, sorry, they've absolutely no, um, like, pedigree in this competition, but they do have good players. I'm looking, like, through the names that they, they've sent a fairly, it's not the Espoirs, it's not the young kids coming over. It's, it's a decent lineup they've sent over with a bit of experience, a couple of internationals in there as well. Um, they have been going, they're not going great in the, Top fourteen, but they're kind of one of the coming forces. They've, I was over in their stadium for the yeah, World Cup warm-up game between Ireland and Samoa, and it's a great, great compact stadium. They sell it out all the time. They have a great atmosphere behind them. It's a real pity Munster aren't getting to go there um, as a return fixture later in this tournament. But 
Munster would be expected to win this game well. The spread on it's quite big. I, I think. Um, I wonder if the, that will change now that we've seen the Munster lineup because they are missing a fair few. The, the one thing you would say about them is that Graham Rowntree um, has backed every team he's picked, and they've generally gone out and done it for him as well. You know that they're even less experienced players have really stepped up. Excited to see what Calvin Nash can bring to the number fifteen role. Um, there's a bit of experience in that pack. You know, it's not the Munster team, like they're missing a lot of players, a lot of their first choice players that you would expect from the Champions Cup team. Um, they've got to go to Exeter next week. Exeter, not like this is a very winnable pool for Munster. They should be coming out of this pool with, like, this should be a five pointer. They should be getting four over an Exeter at least. Like, they should be looking at being one of the top seeds coming out of this pool because I think they've got a realistic chance of going very deep in the competition. But they're, that's some really unfortunate injuries. And, you know, it'd be a surprise if Frisch was left out for selection reasons because I was down in Cork last weekend and he was a big part of what they did, really. Like, he wasn't respons- responsible for a mall that couldn't defend its own line. Bayonne, as Roundtree flagged last weekend, do mall. Do love to go to their mall. They're, you know, they, they will test once in that area. You would imagine that that's been the major focus in training this week. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of question marks over Munster just based on that team. You know, it's uh, it's not what we would have expected. I had heard Casey was a bit of a doubt, so maybe that's played into the fact that Murray was out to train more this weekend. But they had a long turnaround into the game. They're gone Friday to Saturday, so you, you would have expected a relatively unchanged side after how good they were last weekend. So that, um, yeah, it's a bit of a knock to kind of my confidence in them, but they should get they should still get the job done. Okay, um, just a quick one on Ulster before we finish with Connacht, uh, Rory. I, I was wondering all week just how the Ulster training went on Tuesday hmm. after Dan McFarlane's comments after their loss to Edinburgh last weekend. So they've got, so Ian Henderson is back um, starting in the second row. He had a bit of a hip issue. Rob Herring is on the bench. Uh, Stephen Kitsoff is starting there as well. Bath, as we know, second in the Premiership, just behind Salem points difference. Um, so it has been some start by them under Johan van Grant. What are you expecting from from them uh, tomorrow at the Rick Rory? Well, like you'd expect a response, wouldn't you? I mean, it's it's a very good 23 on paper. You know, they've got Stephen Kitsoff starting. You know, they're backing youth and James McNabney, who's, who's been really impressive since he's come in. Like he was the under-20s back row at, at the end of last season. You know, they've got that nice mix. They've obviously got Henderson back, who seems to almost have a sexton effect on them where when Henderson's there, he elevates those around them and is able to galvanize what they're able to do. And, I mean, he thought long and hard about leaving Ulster last last season. I mean, he he left it very very late to sign on the dotted line on that contract, and that suggests to me that there's doubts about the Ulster project under Dan McFarland, who's been there an awful long time, um, and seems to they seem to get into this rut. You know, this is kind of an almost a, an annual rut that they've got into. And last year they just about got out of it uh, in time, but and and they got into the European knockouts, but they really didn't put anything up to Leinster in the knockouts and. They're in the toughest of, I think they're, they're the toughest of the pools. I mean, Leinster are in a tough pool, but you'd expect Leinster to get out of it because they're, they're Leinster and they're so strong. But Ulster having to go to Bath with Racing and Toulouse coming to town, uh, like it's, it's not an easy route. I think it's Harlequin's way in their final game. They've got to get something out of the wreck. And, and Van Graan's got something going at Bath. They've been going very well. Um, he obviously understands Europe from from his time at Munster. He'll put a bit of importance on it, even if the Premiership is their front and centre focus. They, he's picked from what I can see, a fairly strong team, a couple of England internationals that I can see just off the top of my head. Um, you know, it's going to be, like, I think it's a, like the English teams I'm not expecting to be really, really good in Europe this year. But can Ulster beat them? You know, they're, they're going to have to bring something they, that we haven't really seen from them. 
even against Munster, like they got a lot of credit for coming back and beating Munster. But you know, if Munster be more clinical when they were on top and, and were dominating them at the, scr- at the scrum time, that Munster should have won that game. I, I, I felt so. Ulster, the, the, when their coach is questioning them, you know, then you know they're in they're in some some sort of bother. So um, their their pride has been questioned. They've got to got to show something over at Bath tomorrow. Okay, uh, let's finish on uh, Connacht Keane. They obviously get the weekend underway for the provinces tonight. Bordeaux at the sports ground, eight o'clock kickoff. The Connacht team was named yesterday. Matt Hansen at full back, Bundy Aki, first appearance of the season. Interesting that Cahill Ford uh, switches 13 uh, for that one. That's going to be an interesting centre partnership to watch. Uh, but not to be outdone, of course. Uh, Bordeaux are bringing their star quality as well. Uh, Jalabert at 10, Penno on the wing. You are heading to Galway straight uh, as soon as we finish this podcast. Tis the season and all that, but there is it's definitely a bit of sparkle around this game, isn't there? Absolutely. I mean, I might be biased because I'm going to it, but I think apart from Leinster, La Rochelle, this is arguably the game of the weekend in the Champions Cup. Um, I think it has massive, massive potential. Like I was down in um, Connacht earlier this week at their press conference and had a chance to sit down with uh, Mac Hansen, who was great value. As always, it's available to read at the moment on independent.e in the Irish Independent. But um, just from talking to a few people down there, I think there was, you know, there was like a definitely few whispers of what kind of team would Bordeaux bring over. And I think it was more kind of in hope rather than expectation that the likes of Penno, Jalibert, Luku would be left at home. But um, I was actually chatting to then to Noel McNamara, the the Bordeaux attack coach, uh, on my way back from Galway. And he had made a clear no that they were going to be bringing the the big ones. They have left a couple at home, mm. Bile Bray and Yo Mafana aren't, aren't traveling. But he made the point to me that... Um, Obviously, Yannick Brew is the new head coach there, and he came from the Sharks where Noel McNamara was last year as well. But Yannick Brew is from, like, he played all his rugby really in Toulouse, the former French hooker. So, like, Toulouse, you know how well they treat the, the Champions Cup. So, really, there was no fear from a Bordeaux point of view of them sending over like maybe the team that we, we've we've seen from Bay on there. So look, I think that gives much more credibility to the competition as well. I think like we we discussed it, I think before that, you know, win your home games and you're going to have a good chance of getting out just the way with the model format. So while it would have been easy for Bordeaux to send over a weekend team, I think it's brilliant for the competition. Connacht maybe less so because it's just going to be such a difficult task for them, but a big crowd in Galway, a couple of weeks before Christmas like it just has all the makings of being a cracker like you mentioned Bundy Aki back in the team um, apparently the, the there was a spike in tickets uh, this week when Connacht announced that uh, Bundy was going to be back and once you know Bundy's back you know he's going to be playing so apparently they shifted like a lot more tickets than, than they had which look it's no surprise I mean himself and uh, Matt Hansen just literally put bums on seats don't they so um, I'm fascinated to see how him and Cahill Ford go like it, it's easy to forget that like last season, Carl Ford was actually playing ahead of Bundy um, in a lot of the games at 12. So I think it's brilliant that Pete Wilkins and Mark Sexton are trying to devise a backline that does get Carl Ford into it as well, because I think it would have been extremely harsh um, if he didn't play. And I know you you spoke with him, Sinead, uh, a couple of weeks ago for a piece as well. Like He's just been so impressive since he's come in. So he has been more of a 12 and he played a lot of 10 when he was younger as well. So this will be, I think, a challenge for him at 13. But having Bundy alongside you, I think, gives you a bit of security. So um, I'm optimistic, I think, uh, for Connick's chances. I just hope uh, the game lives up to the expectation of the billing I've just given it there because 
I mean, any chance you get to watch uh, Matthew Jalibert or Damian Peno in particular, I mean, arguably the, the best winger in the world right now is always a treat. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Connacht, um, if it's going to be close with sellout, if it's not already. So it's, it should be a great occasion there. Looking forward to it. I have sympathy for neither of you. You'll be in Galway, Keen. Uh, Rory, you are on your way. You'll be heading to see uh, Leinster against uh, La Rochelle in France. Um, I know you've thrown off to a press conference there now, Rory, but predictions, lads, who who's winning this weekend? Do you want to go first, Keen? Um I, yeah, so we'll start chronologically, I suppose. Um, I fancy Connacht uh, tonight. Just the fact they're at home, like I said, Bundy and Mac, both in the team, big crowd, couple of weeks before Christmas. But like, it's going to be really, really tough. I think the 4G surface will play into Bordeaux's hands as well because they like to play quick. So, but I'm back in Connacht, um, I think, narrowly tomorrow um, Ulster Bath I would I would worry um, about Ulster I just think they're in a weird place I think there's a bit of a staleness really around what's going on there they're really due a big performance but like Ebo touched on there Bath are flying high under Van Grand the wreck is a tricky enough place to go so I think Bath would probably win there I think despite all the changes that Munster have been forced to make I'd be shocked still if they don't come away with a bonus point win um, at home to Bayon um, I'd be really surprised and like Rod said that's a very manageable group for Munster look a win is non-negotiable but I think there's five points there on offer for uh, for Munster and then the big one La Rochelle Leinster look I've felt all week that La Rochelle, La Rochelle at home are just going to be so difficult to beat and I agree Rod mentioned this earlier I think that Leinster team and maybe that bench in particular swings the balance a little bit more towards La Rochelle. I know they haven't been brilliant this season, neither have Leinster. But if Leinster were to lose four games in a row against La Rochelle, like it would be like a monumental blow. So there's huge pressure riding on Leinster. Look, we know they're well capable of delivering a big performance, but there's so much needle between the teams. I mean, it's going to be a sellout crowd in the Del Frondre, also a very tough place to go. So I think La Rochelle will get another one up on Leinster again. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the forecast is very bad as well for the weekend. So you, you can you can extend your sympathies. Uh, I'll be in the rain in La Rochelle at least. I'm reprising the World Cup. I'm going via Paris. So I'm getting planes, trains and auto, uh, automobiles. And, and I'm looking forward to it. But I think, I think La Rochelle, look, they've had a bad start to the season. But I haven't been impressed with Leinster, even though they're winning games. Um, and you put that 15 together that La Rochelle have plus that bench. Um, and then you see what Leinster are missing it's going to take, it'll be up there with some of their great European victories to, to get this one over the line. And maybe the fact that they've been hurt so badly by La Rochelle gives them that cause. But right now, I um, I, I can't understand how they're not favourites again. Like surely at some stage, they've got to, they've earned the right to be favourites going into one of these games at home against Leinster, who they've beaten three times in a row. I think it's time to respect what they've done and to tip them. I'm, I'm loath to go with Munster as the only Irish team to win, but I think it's going to be hard for Connacht to beat that Bordeaux team tonight. I'm going to tip them just about, but with, with very little conviction. I think that's a very open game. And like they didn't get the job done last weekend. And that has to count against them to some degree. You know, it'll, it, I know Wilkins kind of spun it as a positive saying it'll be easy to get up down this week. But, you know, that game management piece has to be important. And, and you know, their line out creaked and their discipline wasn't great at times. So, um, look, I'll tip them, but I'm not convinced by it. I think Munster should get the job done, even with their absentees. But it's a bit more difficult now than it was. But, at home in Thomond against the European debutante, um, albeit one with lots of European experience, the likes of Mashno, I still think they'll get the job done. And like Ulster, if they get that emotional performance that McFarland is going for, 
they could be bad because I don't rate the English teams in this competition this year, apart from maybe Saracens. I think Saracens' um, game in, in at Loftus is going to be fascinating. It, it's a pity it's on the same time as Munster, but I think that's one of the games of the weekend as well. They've sent a really strong team over to Pretoria. But, um, you know, I, I think Saracens aside, I don't see the English teams challenging this year. But Bath at home at the wreck, it's a difficult pitch. It slows you down, I think, that pitch at the wreck. Like, I think that's going to be a tough ask for an Ulster team who are not in form. It's going to take something from their kind of, from the bottom of their, their from within to kind of, to get them over the line in that game. And it's going to be an emotional one rather than anything based on form. So I'll tip uh, Connacht and, and Munster to win, the two home teams. And then if Leinster can get a bonus point or two in, in Irish Shell, I think that's a good day's work. And yeah, Ulster, it's just, who knows with Ulster these days, but I, 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 you know, I would go with Bath in that one. Okay, well, lads, safe travels. It should be a cracking weekend. Uh, will and Luke will be back to review um, all the weekend's action uh, next week. But for now, thanks for listening. 